Hello everyone, I'm Phineas Crow, and this is Postmodern Crisis. This is the second half of the podcast on entitlement. We were talking about people getting what they deserve at the tail end of the last podcast. We pick that up now. Very few of us actually get what we deserve. There's plenty of kind, good, wonderful people who are hard workers who uh, die in poverty and obscurity. And there's plenty of worthless pieces of living human garbage that are extremely successful. And that, that's it. That's, that's what entitlement is, is we all want to be that magic creature. And so going back to, to me, as an alcoholic, uh, the most toxic words I had, and I think I've touched on this before, but the most toxic words I ever had were, I want. I wanted one thing. For the longest time, all I wanted was to drink. That was it. That was all I wanted. If I had won the lottery, if I had enough, if I were set for life and money was no longer a factor and everybody has kind of their dream, I would, I would go and buy a boat or I would, I would buy a racetrack or I would, I would buy all these fancy cars or I would, I would start a collective of, of geniuses where we would go off and whatever, whatever your dream is, everybody's got it. Mine, I, this was literally my dream. This was literally all I wanted out of the world is I'm like, I was going to buy some cheap little shithole house that was near a liquor store, and I was going to hire somebody, I was going to pay them just to deliver me booze once a week. Or if that, I, I mean, I don't know, I, I hadn't worked out this, the exact logistics of it, but, but I was going to build a box on the side of my house where I could leave them a check, and they could put booze into it, and I could pull it through a trap door in the side of my house so I didn't ever have to interact with them. That was my dream. I would have just drank myself to death. Now, if I'd gotten the right person, I probably would have had them and lived in the right place. I probably would have had them buy me a bunch of drugs as well. But I definitely, definitely, definitely would have had them just buy me booze. And I would probably have to hire them to, to bring me food too, which would have just been, you know, greasy crap that I can cook in the microwave um, because that's all I wanted. That was my dream come true. And there's a lot of alcoholics that go, yes, that is a, that is magic. That sounds perfect. Cause we don't, we don't want big important things. I mean, some of it, we have dreams of being real important and being real self-righteous and I don't know, rescuing somebody from a burning building or whatever, but mostly we just want to drink and pretend and make the world go the fuck away. And that's it is I thought I was entitled just because that's what I wanted. I'm like, look, I don't want very much. I want enough alcohol to stay wasted until my organs give out. Why is that so much to ask? And I was angry. I was angry at the world that it wouldn't give me that. I was angry at the world that it would not provide me with the means to just lay around drunk all day. That want that I had, which was a hyper-individualized want, hyper-selfish, hyper um, because I didn't want to contribute in any way to society. And sometimes, you know what? I still don't. Sometimes that, that still sounds pretty good to me. I got to be honest. Uh, that's, that just sounds nice to, to just be drunk. But both of those are slavery. I was definitely, I was a slave to alcoholism, but I was a slave to my individuality. I was a slave to gratifying myself. And when that crops up, you know what? That's it is, is that want, that, that desire is endless. And that sense of entitlement is endless because you will always think, well, I have X, Y, and Z. I, I deserve A, B, and C too. I, I don't want the world. I just want your half. And we forget that we're enslaved in serving ourselves. If you were to be absorbed by the Borg, if you were to be 
a slave to the great collective, being forced to act on the orders of the Borg, then you'd be a slave. But it's equal slavery to be driven by your own endless hunger for more of whatever you want. And and I was, man. And, and I know how dark that is. How much you go, God, fucking damn it. I want one thing. I want one simple thing, and that's to drink myself to death. To escape that sense of entitlement is extremely difficult. Um, because Because you have to... At the other end of the spectrum, you do have the Borg, you do have the communist. And so we end up in trying to gratify ourselves endlessly because that want is, is a beast that cannot be sated. It must always be fed. And so we end up losing any sense of real purpose because we're just feeding, feeding, feeding the need. And I, that, that was my entire purpose. I, I went to the liquor store. I went to get weed. I went to get high. That was it. That was my sole purpose was getting fucked up that day. That was how I lived and trying to find a real purpose. Once that goes away, man, that leaves, there's such a huge vacuum that I think a lot of us feel. I think a lot of us feel that I go to work and I buy stuff and I live in my house and I got a nice car or I got a shitty car, but I got a beater with a heater. And so it runs. And so, but we go, is this all there is to life? And man, I ask that all the time. We all have that, that ennui, that existential, what is the real purpose? And you look at these industrialized cultures like the United States, where, where we are, where we have a lot and we think we're entitled to a lot and you see a lot of bitterness and you see a lot of rage and you see a lot of hatred. And then you go to other places, you go to poverty stricken countries where there's a strong sense of community. And you start to see people who are happy and start to see people with a real purpose. You, you visit many parts of India. Uh, that's, a, that's a great example. Many parts of China where people don't have enough to get by and yet are so happy for what they do have because they have the things that are far more fulfilling, which are a strong community. And I'm not talking about the, the society that eats us. I'm talking about a community where we have love of our brothers and neighbors. And you go to you go to a 12-step meetings and you'll find a lot of that too. You go to recovery groups where the one purpose there by every person there is to stay sober. And you see a lot of community. You see a lot of equality. You see a lot of it doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. We have the same problem and that unites us. That gives us a common enemy. Give people a common enemy and and you can see them you can see them unite tremendously the problem is that that can cause us to unite in incorrect ways we end up uniting against uh, the black people we end up uniting against the police we end up uniting against criminals we end up uniting against the 99% against the 1% we end up yeah and so that that sense of unity also a double edged sword but but that's that's usually the the what's anathema to entitlement is often trying to better understand our community. And that gives us better purpose. That gives us a greater sense of belonging, a greater sense of being a part of instead of apart from. Um, but these, when you, when you go and see these places, they're a dying breed, but, but these tightly knit regions that the people there are so happy and so joyful and so generous uh, that, that it's infectious. And, and you go, God, how do they do it? When, when all of us with all of our, with all of our money and power, how is it that we are somehow so discontented? And it's because our entitlement makes us want at infinitum 
It makes us want forever. Because when we go around trying to feed ourselves, we just create more want. That's, that's the thing about, about any creature is we're not meant to be full. And I've talked about how we're all electrical beings. Things are supposed to pass into us and out of us and through us. They are not, we are not supposed to just be constantly trying to fill ourselves. And when we do, we become miserable because we can never be full. But when we open ourselves up at both ends, which sounds a little, I don't know, raw, Things can pass through us and then we can experience all the joy and all the good and all the bad. And you got to remember that we are just energy that has been turned into matter and energy isn't meant to be stuffed into a receptacle. It's meant to move. It's dynamic. We're all fluid. Things are supposed to go through us. Our food goes through us. <laughs> we take what we need out of it and then let the rest go because there's otherwise we're just holding on to a lot of garbage. Otherwise we're holding on to a lot of septic nonsense. And that's the same thing with everything will rot inside of us. If we just try to hold it and are terrified of losing it and terrified of uh, that someone's going to take it away from us and terrified that we're not going to get what we deserve. And then when we're just trying to hoard, when we're just trying to get more things and more stuff and more love and more people and more sex to the brim until we're trying to just cram ourselves with satisfaction and trying to cram every single moment full of sati full of, of sating our, our desires, however, however empty and hollow and cruel those desires are, uh, we build this monster that, that just that will just lay waste to our lives and to everyone around us because it wants to consume all of them. We become, we become that, that kind of society that, that is just eat everything we can. We become emotional and social and spiritual and, and material gluttons when we stop allowing things to pass through us, to let things go and to give of ourselves and to create community. Yeah, we, we lose that purpose because we, we start walling ourselves off. The, the real answer here is not getting more. It's not to isolate ourselves and, and try to feed our individuality. That perpetuates the problem. You want to know how to fight terrorism? This is, this is kind of a, you'll, you'll see the connection in just a second. The best way to fight terrorism is not with guns and soldiers and invasions. All of that perpetuates terrorism. That, that just makes us perpetrators of terror. If you really want to know how to stop creating terrorists, the key is to make friends with other nations, with other races, with other people. Instead of acting like, like we are the great Satan and coming into someone's land with guns and hummers and a bunch of redneck assholes with buzz cuts and too much ammunition. The key to fighting terrorism is to stop being afraid of other people, to stop being afraid of our neighbors. And to do that, we have to stop thinking that our neighbors are trying to take from us, that they're trying, they're all trying to hurt us and wound us. And so we must hurt and wound them. That's a perpetuating cycle that, that keeps itself going unto eternity. 
It's the key to no longer being afraid of people of other faiths, the key to never needing to worry about the multitude of wonderful Islamic people, atheist people, Christian people, Buddhist people, Taoist people, the world of beautiful black people and communists and socialists and even Republicans who, <laughs> trust me, very few people are any more divisive than I am politically. I'm very liberal and, and I just terrified of many of the so-called family values people who who are pro guns and pro death penalty and and somehow claim to be pro life it's it's nonsense but the point is that in trying to foster community when we start looking for that which combines us that which doesn't divide us and stop acting like we need to be taking from others in order to satisfy ourselves that sense of community that sense of belonging gives us purpose and allows us to feed a greater whole that isn't a society, that isn't a Borg society, where resistance is futile and they will add their, our distinctiveness to their own, but actually will do that, where we add our distinctiveness and learn about somebody else's distinctiveness. And, and that's it. That's all it takes to fight any kind of extremism is to build a sense of community, a sense of purpose. But we can't do that if we're taking away from other people and think, think we're entitled to feel safe and secure all the time. And so we bar up our windows and we arm our homes and we tell people to stay away from us and we isolate serving that individual purpose. We cannot do that and create community. And, and we can never do that if we consistently claim we deserve more. If people like myself, a white male who lives in paradise, I live in a, in a social paradise in that, in that for the most part, I can walk anywhere without being afraid of the cops shooting me for pulling out my wallet or cell phone. I have clean water and autonomous cars and can live in a clean home that doesn't have a bunch of roaches or warlords because, yeah, I even in the lower income bracket that I am, I don't live in a slum where, and there's plenty of people who do, there's plenty of people, white, black, red, brown, green, whatever, that, that do live overseen by slum lords because, who are just entitled. These are my buildings and I can treat my tenants however I want. And that's it. That's that's where you create that cruelty. And that cruelty rolls downhill. Those people then become angry at their oppressors. They become angry at, at the white man who owns their building, the black man who owns their building, the, the Islamic man, the whatever. They become angry at those people because suffering perpetuates suffering. But if those of us who, who think we deserve anything, who think we deserve to get what we want, and have our dreams achieved and handed to us when we think, when we can let that notion go and accept the world as it is, then we can actually move forward. Then we can actually build a community. When we can actually add our distinctiveness to that of our neighbors, when we can find that amazing, rich culture, beautiful history, delicious food, and, and all of the opportunities that were unavailable to us when we didn't embrace our brothers and sisters and, and whatever other, our hermaphroditic brothers and sisters and, and our mermaphroditic, I, I forget all the names, but our transgendered, our homosexual brothers and sisters, when we embrace all of that, the world becomes so huge that in a way that doesn't happen when we lock ourselves away, chasing what we want and thinking we should be accumulating and acquiring more. 
And I want to I want to go back for a minute to those those entitled like white boy rapists. May their lives be nasty, brutish and short. Think think of them. Think of how long an orgasm lasts and how much satisfaction could be had by learning about another person instead of raping them, instead of attacking them. Instead of when you find a woman who rejects you, gentlemen, instead of feeling like, wow, she's hot, she's an object, she's, she's a thing I should possess, a notch I should carve into my bedpost, think of how much more satisfaction you could get out of learning about this person, learning what she wants, what she likes, what she thinks, and how, how you can develop a friend for life who will be there to support you and help you and care for you in, in the best and worst of times, instead of going off into this nasty little world where, where you come and it's over. And now you've, now you've hurt somebody to gratify yourself. That's what entitlement is, is hurting others to gratify ourselves, thinking we deserve that. All of us. As sick, as much as we want to say, I've, I've obviously never raped anybody. Well, not obviously. I'm a white male. Who's to say? But I have never raped anybody. But anybody who goes around thinking I deserve to get what I want, it doesn't matter who I have to step on, I deserve it, is a rapist. That's that mentality taken to extremes. That's that mentality. So anytime you think you deserve that job, you're entitled to to get more money, it doesn't matter who it hurts. Anytime you want to turn a blind eye to the suffering because you want to eat meat, and so animals should be killed wholesale in a, abysmal slaughterhouses. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's you being a rapist. And so it's, it's all the same mentality. And that's what kept me sick. That mentality, chasing that mercurial, that mer- <laughs> chasing that mercurial sense of want, never feeling like I had enough, wanting to get everything I asked for and yet somehow not being happy. That, that's insanity. And that's the insanity that many of us deal with every day. I had literally everything I wanted for the most part. I mean, I still had to work. Um, but I, I had, I had a girlfriend who, who was attractive enough though, though even then I would still go around looking at other women, thinking about cheating on her, thinking about getting laid elsewhere. And I don't even really like sex all that much. It's just the point of having it. I had, I had a cool job that allowed me to work from home. I didn't have to see people. I had enough money to live on. I had a car that could get me there. I had, yeah, food. And all of it was just, I still felt hollow. And I think a lot of us have that. I think a lot of us, we try to shop more and buy more and do more and have more. And we still feel hollow. And the answer to that is not more. It's not necessarily less, it's just, it's just building community and finding out more, learning more, enriching ourselves more. That's what we lack. Helping others, that, that's purpose. Building community, that's purpose. That can give us drive and satisfaction. And trust me, I, no one is more resistive to that idea than I am. I hate people. That's why I do this. That's why I talk into a microphone and write on the internet instead of going out and interfacing with people is I hate them. They, oh, but it still gives me some kind of purpose to try to reach out and help other people to try to aid them. In this time of the individual 
there is a common notion that any belief which is challenging us is inherently bad. And we can't talk about racism because we aren't supposed to see color. We aren't supposed to say anything that might offend anyone lest it cause severe backlash that our livelihoods are in jeopardy. And, and it's also, and yet the one thing we need is community. The one thing we need to do is talk more with each other and listen more. That's, that's what I mean when I say talk. We were supposed to interact, inter, being the important part there. It's not just preaching. That's what I do, and I don't I don't uh, necessarily. But I want to listen to you. I was reading a story about a college professor, and this this shows this shows how entitlement is is sick. Even even when we're trying not to, we're trying not to offend anyone. We're trying not to hurt anyone's feelings. We stop talking. And I know I've gotten a little off, but but the point here being that. When we feel entitled to not have our feelings hurt, to not be offended, to not reach out and be forced to listen to other people, I was reading about a college professor who was afraid of his students, afraid of his liberal students, because they would go and write emails anytime he brought up contentious topics. Anytime he, and he'd seen many of his peers dismissed because they came out and said, okay, here's. Here's what racism looks like. There were kids who complained about about Mark Twain's books like Huck Finn being read in schools because it contained the word nigger. Now, don't get me wrong. I hate that word just like anybody else or any right-thinking person does. But we need to talk about it, not scream it in slurs across a, a crowded room or out of our car window. We need to talk about racism. We need to talk about terrorism. We need to talk about rape. We need to talk about entitlement. We need to learn about each other. Because, because, yes, if, if college, if liberal students are saying, no, no, he, he's bringing in objectionable materials. And by objectionable, they don't mean, they don't mean pornography and snuff films. They mean books about a, a place and time where racism was rampant and slavery was everywhere. We need to take a look at those things. They might be in the past, but we're, we're now becoming wage slaves. Slavery is a very much alive and well in the world. Uh, it's estimated that 23 million people in the world still are enslaved. And we can't imagine that in the Western culture. And so it's, it's time we take a look at that and stop, stop thinking that we deserve to hide in our, our little mental and emotional fiefdoms and close ourselves off from people because the Borg isn't out there. It's, it's us. It's us trying to worship individuality. There is such a thing as being too politically correct and too closed off, and, and it's time for greater discourse. Uh, and we're not entitled to be comfortable 100% of the time. And as a matter of fact, you're missing out on a huge portion of the human experience if you're not making yourself uncomfortable as often as you can. So that's that's my little sermon on entitlement today, um, and I, I definitely I want to hear more f- from you all. Um, I'm not hearing very much, um, and so if you if you are within the sound of my voice, I would love to hear an email from you, a good, a bad, anything. Um, feel free to open up, tell me personal stories. I you know we we can keep your name out of it. Um, if you have something you'd like me to share, I would love to hear it. If you have something you just want to say to somebody. Uh, use me as a confessional. I don't. I don't need to know your name, your real name, anything. Um, yeah, I'm happy to talk about any issues that you have on your plate, um, any concerns, questions, or, or frustrations that you have. Anything about love, entitlement, fear, addiction, hate, 
um, politics. Uh, I may not like to talk politics really, but, but hey, let's, let's discuss it. I, I can be uncomfortable too. Uh, the best ways to reach me are phineascrow at gmail.com. That's phineascrow with two N's. Uh, or at Phineas Crow on Twitter. Again, two N's. Uh, Facebook.com slash Phineas Crow. Two N's. That's me, baby, and I'm out of here. <laughs>